Thank all of you for listening to Kenny and the Coaches. Today, my co-host is Mr. Justin Smith. I'd better mind my business today because he's my boss, can't say anything incriminating. Uh, Mr. Smith is currently the superintendent at Empire Schools, but in his former life, he was a coach here at Empire in Gunner, Texas, just to name a few places. I have him on today because he is good friends with the gentleman we're going to interview today. Uh, Mr. Smith, thanks for doing the podcast with me today. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Now tell us how you know Coach McLemore. Uh, Shane and I go way back. Uh, our dads used to rodeo at the same time when we were kids, so we kind of grew up around rodeos together, and then... You know, after high school and in college, uh, we competed against each other at, at the rodeos some. And so uh, we've just kind of been around each other's families for years. Uh, he has a lot of extended family that are involved in rodeos. And so uh, we've we've known each other that way for, for a lot of years. Yeah. Uh, my father actually played against him uh, in football when uh he was at empire and, and shane was at surreal so yeah. uh we, we we've competed uh with and uh against each other for a lot of years but um it's uh it's always been a a friendly friendly rivalry so yeah was he as competitive back then as he is now uh probably more so when it <laughs> i think when it's his money on the line he may be even more better. so uh yeah. the uh the, the McLemore's uh, are all a grand family of, of rodeo and always been competitive. And, uh, the, you know, I hate to say how many times they've uh, taken our money. But, <laughs> we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Kenny and the Coaches. If you follow the link I put on the Kenny and the Coaches Facebook page or on Twitter, which is at Kenny Coaches, you don't have to listen through the Anchor app. You can subscribe to us for free on several podcasting sites, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Kenny and the Coaches, here today with co-host Justin Smith. Uh, let's get straight to our guest today. He's a state champion basketball coach, and year in and year out, his programs are the measuring sticks for a lot of basketball teams in the southwest part of the state. Uh, coach Shane McLemore. Coach, thanks for taking time out of your weekend to talk with us a little bit. Yeah, thank you. First off, Coach, like, like I was saying in the intro there, I mean, you guys, everybody knows who Surreal is, boys and girls. What kind of goes into building a program that you have with both programs? I mean, you guys are always in contention. You're always just one of the premier programs in this part of the state. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we've, we've, just, we've been lucky to have good kids and good parents around Trill. Um, one of the main things, but I think just, just getting kids in the gym and making sure they're dribbling and shooting a lot is one of the biggest keys. I mean, being a gym rat always helps the coach. When when a kid can dribble and shoot good, it it makes things a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And then just, I mean, you got to teach kids how to win. I think that's one of the biggest keys. Everybody everybody can play a little bit, um, but you got to teach them how to win. You got to teach them how to watch film. Um, you got to teach them situations when to play fast, when to play slow, clock mm-hmm. management. 
um, knowing your role and teams. I mean, just, there's just a lot of things that go into it more than just just being able to play basketball. Yeah. Yeah, now, would you would you say that it's harder to maintain the type of program that you have, like a championship? I mean, you guys are – I would assume, I don't know, that it's like your your goal is a state tournament every year. I mean, is it is, yeah. it, is it harder to maintain that or to build it from the ground up? Uh, I mean, building the program, it kind of just depends where you are. But, I mean, I mean, if you're building it from the ground up, it, it, it's hard. I mean, you got to – First off, you got to have kids to buy in and their parents to buy in, and that's hard to get both um, to buy in and believe in a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, getting the program started, getting kids interested, I think after you get it started and you start having success and then kids get the confidence, I think it, I mean, it, it has to be a little easier to maintain it um, after you get that built up. But um, then just keep uh, keeping them wanting to push to that go to winning championships. I mean, you got to keep that in them. But, yeah. yeah, I think just building a program has, has to be – it. it's hard to get started. Yeah. You know, Coach, I uh, I have seen that very thing uh, about a year ago. You know, what what is the magic formula to, to have uh, winning teams as you're in and you're out? And, and he basically told me the same thing. He said, you know, on a Friday or Saturday night and the off season, you go by the gym and, and it's real. And he said, it's full of kids mm-hmm. up there playing, you know. And uh, I, I think that's a big deal. And then what he was just saying about parents buying in, I, I think, you know, uh, I went home and coached and, and changed going back to his hometown to coach there. Um, he, uh, you know, he, he has a great reputation. He and his family are around that area. And so I think he had that part conquered uh, pretty easily. Parents are going to um, allow him to coach the way he needs Yes, yeah, absolutely. Now, coaching, I mean, the, you graduated from Surreal, right? Yes, I did. Now, how, how was that whenever you first got back there? Like Coach said, you know, the, the community really – I mean, you were a part of the community, but that's not always the easiest thing, going back to your alma mater and coaching. You know, everybody <laughs> knows you. I mean, was that – did you – was that any kind of – was there any trouble there getting – kind of getting – coming back? You know, I went around and kind of studied the best coaches, picked their brain, and that was one of the things they told me not to start out at your hometown. So I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't listen to that part of it very yeah. well. But, but I've had a lot of success playing sports at Drill. I had a lot of backing. Uh, people had watched me rodeo through the years. So um, they had asked me to, when I when I first started coaching, they had kind of called me and asked me to come back. So, mm, that hurts. Um, and it, it took a while. I mean, it took a few years to kind of get get the program really going and winning. But I had I've had a lot of support there, and uh, they've let me they've let me kind of do what I want and coach how I want. So it's it's been really good coming back to Shrill. Yeah. Now, you, Parker, the, the way the way I heard it, it was either he's going to be the mayor, or the head basketball coach. So they just let him be the head basketball coach. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Uh, talk about you kind of mentioned it a little bit. Who were some of the people or the coaches in your life that kind of influenced you not only to become a coach but kind of how you coach? Yeah, um, and I mean my basketball coach was uh, Robert Trammell. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a he's a super Cheyenne, 
right now. So I mean, he had a had a big part in the way I play, and um, so I, I always looked up to him, and I learned a lot from uh, Coach Trammell. But but after that, um, I got into rodeo and stuff, and you mm-hmm. know, just just when you want to win, you you get around people that know how to win. Mm-hmm. So same thing in basketball. Um, there was a guy here in Grace Mott around Bird and Jimmy Eadland. I had a lot, a lot of success, so I used to go to his practices and study him and talk to him a bunch. Errol Scales over at uh, Latiba used to go to his practices, been, been good friends with him and talked to him, learned a lot from him. Coach Shumpert at Anadarko was another one. I used to go to a lot of his practices and, and still talk to Coach Shumpert a lot. So them are three coaches that, that just kind of stayed in the state tournament all the time, and mm-hmm. so I picked their brain and learned as much as I could from them and kind of went from there. Yeah. Now, as a is, is coaching something that you always wanted to do? Like even as because you like you know we we you played college basketball. I mean, uh, as as a young person, you're kind of like you know that's if if you don't have the right focus, you know all I want to do is play basketball. Um, yeah. <laughs> is is coaching something that, that did you always want to do that or is because I mean like you were saying you know you went around and picked all these people's brains and stuff. That's not something that a lot of people would do that just wants to play basketball. I mean, is that is coaching something that was always kind of in your mind that you wanted to do? Well, I mean, when I, um, when I grew up as a kid, I mean, I, all I thought about was playing sports and winning sports, but I always kind of had the mind. I was always figuring out how to get better and how to win. So mm-hmm. even in high school, I, I was watching the best players like Michael Jordan and studied his tape. Yeah. Just, just always trying to learn how to be a little bit better and, I mean, after college, I decided to start rodeoing, so I rodeoed for a while and kind of done the same thing, just try to watch the best guys and try to do what they did and figure out how they were winning. And then got to a point where I had a lot of injuries in rodeo and decided I was going to have to do something else. And basketball was was for sure my next love, what I wanted to do. So that's when mm-hmm. I started going around and studying the coaches in basketball and kind of got back into the basketball um, deal. Sure, sure. Now, like I said, you've how many state tournament games have you coached in? If you know off the top of your head, some people do, I, some uh, people don't. <laughs> I've coached for fourteen years there at Thrill, and we've been to the state tournament nine times and wow. uh, one at one. Yeah. Now, coaching in those, just coaching in the state tournament. Not, I mean, not to mention the the championship game itself. How would you describe the stress levels in those games? Because I I talked to. Uh, Coach Bear, you know, several months ago, and kind of asked him, like in that triple overtime game that they played in. I was like, "Did you, <laughs> did you, were you stressed out at any point, or I mean, anything like that? How would you kind of like de- describe the stress level for you in those state tournament games?" Oh, um, it's it, it's a little more than uh, the regular season, but I mean, just I mean, rodeos probably helped me as much as anything. Just, yeah. I mean, learning how to win and knowing that. I mean, no matter how big the rodeo was, it's still the same thing. You got to score good, you got to rope good, and try to try to put that same mentality into basketball. No matter, I mean, where you're at, if it's just a regular season game or if it's in the state championship game, mm-hmm. we try to really prepare and I mean, find the offenses that are going to run, defenses are going to run, and then then get our game plan what we're going to do, and then just go do what we're going to do. So. Yeah, the stress level's a little higher. I mean, the lot bigger crowd, a lot bigger situation. But mm-hmm. we try to keep it calm and try to keep the players calm and just, just make it like a regular game and go, go do what you can do. Yeah. Yeah, now... 
I was going to mention that, you know, uh, when you asked about the stress levels, it, you know, when, when you're in rodeo and it, it's you against you, it's, uh, you know, there's no team there. And so a person, you know, especially when you're doing it for a living and, uh, you know, if there's a, a truck payment on the line or, you know, that's how you're paying your bills right now, the, the stress level is there when you're, when you're rodeoing for sure. So you learn how to cope and adapt and, uh, you know, one of the things that I'm sure has helped Coach McLemore is he's had a lot of rodeo kids on his teams. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I know I'm a little biased towards rodeo kids, but those kids learn how to win when they're young and they learn how to deal with adversity and, and pressure. And uh, so I, I'm sure that's been helpful, uh, you know, with, with his teams as well. Him, him knowing how to win and handle pressure, but his kids did too, so I'm sure that's been helpful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know, like, just kind of seeing your stress level in person, you know, a couple of years ago when we <laughs> played you guys at your place, and, you know, it was a tight game and we ended up beating y'all, you know. And I know, I remember noticing during the game, I, you know, I'm just the assistant coach, but I kind of looked down there on the bench to kind of see what y'all were doing, and you're just as calm as can be. I mean, you get a little – Fired up like when your players make a mistake. I'm like, dude, I mean, you're he's down there just as calm as it can be. And this is, you know, the whole crowd's going crazy and you're just staying calm down there for the most part. So that's <laughs> you can kind of see it in your kids too. I mean, even though we won that game, you guys had a really good chance of, of beating us there at the end. So that's uh I, 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 I wanted to know that about the stress level, if it kind of amps up for you or anything like that as the season goes on. Um, now, coaching your kids. I mean, you coach. Did you coach your son on that state championship team? Yes. Now, coaching your son and your and your daughters. Can you describe how special it was not to just coach your kids, but to coach them and have the success that you had with them? Yeah, I mean that was that's a that's a great time to be able to coach your kids. Um, but I tell you, my kids. I don't know. They were they were really easy to coach. They. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just, I mean, they was different, um, my boy and my girl, but both of them are just really competitive and mm-hmm. um, was unselfish and just willing to do whatever it took to win. So they, they were really easy to coach. But, yeah, it was, it, it's always really special to be able to um, all be at that level with your kids and be able to go win a state championship. And oh, yeah. got to coach both of them in the state tournament. So, so yeah, that was that was a – big time in our life and a lot of fun yeah i've got a senior son right now and it's just this football season seems like it's going by too fast you know (laughs) (laughs) and it's just you know just uh, this i think this is a parent thing just you you know you have all these other kids to coach but you see yours leaving it out there and like you said i don't know if that's just a coach's kid thing but they seem to understand what you want from them you know what what you and it's just, you know, you see them out there executing that, playing at a high level. It's, I don't know, it's like a sense of pride and a sense of you don't want to let this go, you know. So that's that's a, right. It's, it's, it's definitely a special time. I wish kind of every parent could get to coach their kid like that, you know. Uh, was coaching them difficult in any aspect? Because I've, I've not experienced this, but I know some people have with their kids playing. Hey, they're playing because their dad's a coach. Do you? Was was any of that ever a factor while you were coaching your kids? I'll tell you, uh, I don't. I'm I'm sure it was. I'm sure that that was said a lot of times. But 
Um, one thing, I don't get into Facebook very much, so I don't see a lot of comments. <laughs> so that helps. That's, that's a good thing. <laughs> so, no, I mean, I never, I never, uh, I mean, I hear that all the time, but I never get, really got to hear that much. Um, I mean, it was a little bit, but um, I think, I don't know, my kids were pretty well liked around, yeah. around Shrill, and uh, so, and they worked hard, and uh, they were unselfish, so I think that helped them a lot. Um, in that, but no, really, really, it was pretty easy coaching them. Um, they were pretty easy to coach, and yeah. didn't, have, didn't have too many of them problems. Yeah, yeah. I think we all face that when we work in the school mm-hmm. and have you know kiddos that play. You know, I I prepared my daughter at a young age for that. That she's going to have to be that much better than other people to make it blatantly obvious why they're on the yeah. floor. To, you know, to keep pressure off of her, and so that that stuff doesn't start. So we we've had the habit of having to work hard. You know, ever since you know we've been in the school business, and I'm sure your kids were that way. They worked hard, and Spagner's boys worked hard. So you know, um, I think the issues come up when that that coach isn't objective about their kids and their ability level, or you know those kids take advantage and I don't think that was the case with with any of our kids that we're talking about right now but I'm yeah. you know that's where they come in I think so do you ever find yourself being a little bit harder on your own oh yeah yes uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and 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 they know that I mean they're gonna yeah. take some but sure they probably didn't deserve <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and they're gonna have to yeah. Yeah, do a little bit extra but yeah that uh, that's just part of it yeah I always kind of looked at that like as if the other players see me really chewing on mine, then they're going to be like, oh, crap, you know, Coach K's over there getting on the son one or son two pretty hard. I better not do anything wrong, you know. <laughs> <'Cause>... That's right. <laughs> now, how, what would you say the state of high school basketball is? I mean, do you think it's in good shape? Do you think there's any improvements that need to be made to the game or – are you kind of satisfied with it the way it is? I'm pretty satisfied, and I, I think it's in a pretty good state. I mean, um, there's there's always new issues coming up. I mean, there, I mean, one of the big issues right now, I guess, is the shot clock, and we'll see see how that goes and how that changes. Um, mm-hmm. AU basketball. Um, hate to get into talk talk about that a lot, but I mean that nah. that's changed. There there are some kids that. That aren't playing high school basketball that just play AU basketball year round. So I mean, that's a little bit um, oh. something you got to deal with now. So, but, but no, I think high school basketball is in a pretty good state right now. Yeah, I I hadn't thought about that. Kids just playing. So I mean, there are some kids that are just playing AAU and not playing school sports, school basketball. Yes. Wow. Yeah, and I tell you, and and I'm not. I coached AAU for for a lot of years, and some of my best friends coach. And there's there's really good coaches that coach at AAU level, but I'm just, AAU basketball is just so different. It's almost just like scrimmaging yeah. um, because you're playing three or four games a day, maybe seven or eight games in a weekend, mm-hmm. and and it's fun. Um, yeah. When you're paying coaches, they're making money to do it, so they're mm-hmm. going to brag on you more than your high school coaches are, Yeah, and you don't have to study study as much. I mean, when you're in high school basketball, it's so different. you got to study film. I mean, you got to mm-hmm. know what... Um, each team, the plays they run all the time, their inbounds they run. So it's a lot of studying and a lot of 
lot more work in high school, college, even pro level. Mm-hmm. And AAU's more. You're just, I mean, you're going and playing, and the game, each game don't mean as much. I mean, yeah, in a high school game, every possession means something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's just, they're, they're two different games, but AAU's are great. I, I, all my kids played it. Um, we went and played it. I send my kids to play in the summer because the more they play, the better they're going to get. Yeah. But they are kind of two different games, and that's a little challenging um, competing with the AAU. Um, yeah deal because a lot of them are, are just playing AU. I mean, there's a few just playing AU now. That's that's a little. I had never. I hadn't thought about that, but I hope it doesn't. I hope that doesn't start becoming a trend. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Shane, uh, along those lines, how do you deal with uh, you know with kids specializing? We run into that yeah. a lot more you know today than we used to because yeah. kids you know they, they have the opportunity to play ball year round and and they may not play. Soft, you know, I'm talking about a, a girl because that's what I have. But you know, that, that kid may not play softball or may not play, um, you know, track or, or golf in the spring because they're yeah. doing AAU stuff. But you know, how how do you deal with that and, and your players? That is that is that's that's a hard situation, especially in the bigger schools. It's really, I mean, you're going to play maybe probably one sport if you're in a big school. And mm-hmm. that's a little more why I like the small schools. I think more of the kids in the small schools going to play every sport. And I, I think it's good for kids to play play every sport to get the opportunity to do different things and and you learn different things in each sport that you play. So I like that. But it is it, it's very hard because I mean if you want to be a basketball player and that's that's your love, I mean you can go do it year round now. Or a softball player, you can go do that year round. Mm-hmm. Just like the rodeo and it rodeo and takes so much time. I mean, it's, it's hard to do anything. So I don't know the answer to that. I mean, should you specialize? Should you not? I kind of like to see the kids to be able to do do everything. Um, but but that is, that's a very hard situation to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, when, when you've got kids that are competing against that are doing that all the time, you know, that's what we run into, as, as you well know, in, in the high school rodeo. We, you know, kids that uh, are homeschooled and, you know that that's all they do is practice all day long, and yeah. you know the school work maybe in the evening or whatever. And you know uh, a public school kid, you know, has to balance you know the public school activity, student council, and other other sports and different clubs, and and then you know be expected to show up and uh, compete with these kids that are doing it all day. It it does. It makes it tough. It does. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Now, kind of going off basketball a little bit. Tell 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 us a little bit about your rodeo career. Uh, well, uh, I've always I've rodeoed a little bit through high school, but not much. Like I said, um, my I kind of got two families: my mom's side and my dad's side. And my mom's side's all sports. I mean, we all <laughs> um, and we all was all state players in some sport and went on and played. Um, had a brother that I mean could have played at Division One. I, I mean he could play Division One football, baseball, whatever he wanted to play, and went got drafted and played baseball right out of high school. Wow. Got a sister that played Division Two softball, was really good softball player. So, but then on my dad's side, I had everybody that rodeoed, and <laughs> so I played basketball and stuff. And, and then when I got out of college, I uh, started rodeoing and. Rodeoing has been, been just great. It taught me a lot. I mean, you really got to work hard to compete. You're yeah. competing not against just 
people around here in your local area or Oklahoma. It, it's people around the whole world that does it. And you get to meet so many people. I'm, uh, I mean, I've met George Strait out of Las Vegas. Um, oh, wow. People know who Mr. Mo Betty is. Maury Tate, I rodeoed with him. He's the one that started making Mo Betty shirts for that Garth Brooks wore, wore mm -hmm. all the time. So yeah. rodeoed with him. Hunter Heron, a big rodeo guy in Apache. Um, rodeoed with him my whole life. So yeah. you, just, you get to travel around. You meet so many people. And, and um, had pretty good success rodeoing. I mean, um, won at rodeos and sold horses and just, but the main thing is just the people that you meet and getting to travel around the world. So that was one of the most exciting times of my life probably was, was rodeoing. Yeah. Now, Justin, is he being modest about his, he, he won just a little or is, was he pretty good? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, the McLemores are, like like he said, uh, they're, they're known across the United States as some of the best cat ropers. And, and truthfully, you know, if you can win in, in Oklahoma and Texas in the cat roping, and especially um, then then you are one of the best in the United States, most likely because uh, that that's where the toughest guys are, are at. And the Maximores have always had great horses, and uh, they they're great ropers. And you know, I um, just there, there's just a handful of them that uh, could have made the NFR. You know, if that's been their choice. And luckily for a lot of the guys rodeoing, they didn't make that choice to do it. You know, all the time. So because they they beat them a lot, but uh, they're uh, they're a great roping family, and I've uh, always been been competitive ever since I've known all of them. Yeah. Now, Coach, before I let you go, I always try to ask like one kind of off-the-wall question. That's not really off-the-wall question, but it's kind of a little bit different. Now, between the two of you, who's the better cowboy? <laughs> well, I'll, just, I'll go ahead and put that one out there. And, uh, <laughs> and, and data and how much money of mine that the Macklemore's have taken will, uh, will tell you that the chain is, uh, is the better rope. I was a ham and egger a little bit. I, I did it just, <laughs> just enough to know that I probably needed to be in another event and, uh, or, or other occupation. But uh, Shane, uh, Shane Rope's really good. And it still does to this day. And, uh, you know, like you said, we're just a few years apart in age. And uh, if his body was still holding up, you know, he, he'd still be competitive. I would you tell one in, uh, in eight, still this number, Shane, I think I've about that over in Belmont, maybe, is that right? <laughs> well, that was the first one I'd run in about two years, so yeah. <laughs> but no, Justin, Justin's been nice, too. Justin didn't rodeo a, a whole lot, but um, when he did, he, he he won pretty good, too. So if, if that's something he would have wanted to do and and work and done it a little more, he would have been really successful, too. Yeah. Well, guys, I've really enjoyed it, and I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with me a little bit. Uh, thanks for having me, Coach. I enjoyed it. Uh, Shane and I always enjoy getting to visit, so uh, getting, getting to do this together has been fun. That's right, yep. And Justin, we'll either see you at a basketball event or a rodeo. We'll, we'll be there, one or the other, yes, sir. That's right. I want to thank Empire Superintendent Justin Smith for co-hosting with me today, and a big thanks to Surreal Basketball Coach Shane McLemore for being on the podcast. And thank you for listening to Kenny and the Coaches. 
go ahead and subscribe to my podcast and tell others about it. That's Kenny and the coaches. That's Kenny with an E. Until next time.